My name is Sophie. I suffered from fibromyalgia and extreme fatigue syndrome for about 24 years. Today I'm fully healthy. And now I would like to pass on everything I've learned about health and healing and more to support those who are still on a journey. And this is why I create this documentary series and podcast, The Puzzle of Healing. Hi everyone, this is a new episode in the Kitchen Sink Psychology section. As a little reminder, I'm talking about my own experiences so and things I've learned or created myself out of mixed knowledge I throw in together. So take from this what is useful for you, abandon what is not, and if you think everything I say is completely rubbish, then just switch it off and watch something else. I had a very interesting experience I would like to share with you just the other day because I did research a bit more on what kind of topics might be useful to introduce and I was very out of touch with the latest information on fibromyalgia, mainly because I needed to find my own way and then I got healthy in the last two years. I had no interest in learning anything more about what any of the medical world has to say to that. But I thought, okay, let's jump back in and I found this very incredible podcast um, which is called Invisible Not Broken. And I started listening to it and I almost cried because there were so many familiar stories shared by people. This feeling of like being a burden, this feeling of like getting accusations of like, oh, you're making this up, oh, you just want attention, oh, it's nothing. Hearing that from doctors, oh, there's nothing, maybe it's psychological. So this brought up a lot, a lot of memories for me and I just realized how angry I am, how much anger I have inside me. I've never expressed or experienced or allowed, experienced, yes, but I probably just swallowed it all up because I thought it's not right because they can't understand. And it's true, like if you're not the person with a condition, you cannot understand what that means. You can try, you can be compassionate, you can be empathetic and you can try to listen to what we have to say but in the end you will not understand it and I think it is probably a lot of protection from people because of the other person if you can't do anything you're helpless so it's probably easier to grasp the idea that the person is making up information is making up an illness because then you feel less guilty or less helpless that's just one of my wild theories Anyway, so what I want to say is like I wouldn't hold it against any of these people even though I feel this anger. And this is what I want to share. If you are still ill, you're not alone with this. You're not alone with tons of misdiagnosis, tons of mistreatments, the feeling of not being part of society, the feeling of it never ending getting better and this feeling of like completeless hopelessness being a burden to your family, to your friends. And I was there. I wanted to commit suicide. I attempted it three times in total. I'm very glad I'm still here. I'm very glad it didn't succeed. But I know how that feels. And I know how horrible it feels when you realize I'm still here. That suicide attempt didn't work. And how much you want to not think like that because you know you're going to hurt your loved ones. But this is just something... I have no clear answer to how on how to deal with it. But I think one thing is definitely talk to people. Talk to people who understand you. Talk to the people around you talk to them share with them what it does to you when they don't believe you what it does to you when you had the 50th medical appointment and somebody says like oh it's just stress or oh, it's just psychosomatic without explaining you 
the depth of psychosomatic, the depth of stress on your body, because these are very, very, very difficult things on your body, especially stress, stress hormones, what it does. And if you're in a constant stress level, that has an impact on your body. It has an impact on the health of everyone. But if you're on top of that, have a chronic illness, of course, it's going to do more to you than to a healthy, strong person. So I don't actually know quite where I want to go with this because it's just more an observation I had and all these upcoming memories from all these moments where I also was very angry towards people asking me, how are you? Because I saw pity in their voice, like I heard pity in their voice or I thought they're not believing me anyway or like I had so many assumptions of what's going on behind that question of how are you? And that's also something that was talked on my podcast about that if you are in pain, you're not really yourself in that moment. So for anyone who's watching this who is not experiencing that, but is experiencing somebody else next to them who's not quite themselves, who get defensive, who get maybe aggressive, not quite there, be kind because it's a lot to deal with. If you can't even get up in the morning you fight for three, four hours to just open your eyes. And then you need to pretend to be fine. And that's the next thing where all this comes out of it. For me, it became a myth that people with disabilities and people with chronic illnesses are integrated. We are not. Or at least that's what my world was like. I was not integrated. I was excluded. I was kicked out of drama school with the words, you're too ill for the job. I was excluded from school activities. People didn't want to hang out with me because they didn't know what to do with me. They couldn't handle it. And I was extremely alone. I had very caring parents, but my parents didn't quite understand that getting up in the morning is an achievement and that it should be recognized and to help me, encourage me to do these little things that it's a big step on some days to sit on a kitchen table and have my food there rather than in bed that I can hold a spoon with my fingers rather than with my wrists, which I had to do quite a lot because my hands were in such great pain. I couldn't grab things. And this is such a emotional turmoil on top of the pain, on top of society that doesn't know what to do with you because it's not visible, it's ungraspable because also the medical world can't really tell you anything. So it's can be in this very lost place and I understand that so well and if you are ill right now and you're watching this you might not even be in the position to hear that there is something else at least I wouldn't have been if someone would have told me like write down things you're grateful for work on not antagonizing your body celebrate that you can get out of bed in the morning I think I would have wanted to punch those people because I always felt it's easier said than done and you don't understand at all because I'm the one in pain, you are not. So what's wrong with you suggesting that to me? So I think I was probably a very aggressive person when I was ill, but I also got it when I was four years old and I got rid of it when I was just about 28, just 27 towards 28. So it's a long, long period of like having to deal with this and the more, like the further the illness progressed, the harder it all got. And then on top of that, like depression hit, suicidal thoughts hit, anxieties hit, like this whole palette, this hopelessness, just like dark clouds that just like hang over you and it seems impossible to get out there. So yeah, I really don't know where I'm going with this. I think it's just really like a 
probably a bit of a rant of like, this is how it feels. This is how it can feel, how it felt for me at least, to be ill. And it hurts. It hurts to hear that this is the experience of many. And that's what got me so much with this beautiful podcast with so many beautiful resources in there. I could throw this information about this podcast in so many categories right now. Um, because I think they're doing an incredible job. And also the hosts have illnesses themselves, so they know how that battle is. Yeah. Of course I could give you tips right now of what might help, which would be a lot of things like think of three things every evening to be grateful for, which was also mentioned in the podcast, which is something I've practiced for some years as well. I could tell you, like, set yourself very small goals, baby steps, that you sit a bit more upright when eating, that you make your bed once you manage to get up, because sometimes these hand movements, depending on what illness you have. I'm always talking a lot from a fibromyalgia and extreme fatigue syndrome point of view, because that is what I had to battle. Among severe allergies as a child, by the way, and uh, myocarditis, myocarditis, heart muscle infection when I was a teenager. So it was not just one thing. It was like one after the other. And that's also something, especially if, you're something, if you have an illness like fibromyalgia, where the diagnosis just don't seem to end once you finally get one. You seem to get another and another and another. And it just sounds like it is never ending. It can it can end. I experienced it. It can end. And even before I was completely healthy, I had a happy life. I managed. I got there. So you can get there too. Listen to what you need. And I think have, it's very important to make sure that you have supportive people around you. Don't listen to all that bitching, to all that, oh, she's just making it up or he doesn't have actually anything or they or whatever people say about you or like people you know who have that. And also like if you're someone's friend who is ill, speak up. Say like, I don't think they make this shit up. I think they're actually in pain and I think it just hasn't been diagnosed because I experienced that too. And I had friends apologizing to me years later that they didn't support me when they were alone with those other people bitching about me, that they didn't say like, hey, hold on a second, I don't think it's in her head. I think she feels pain. And that's the next thing. Let's say, very hypothetically speaking, your brain does create information about pain you do not actually experience. No, that's wrong. You don't actually have a reason for it because you experience it, so it is real. And that's what I want to say. If your brain sends signals that you do feel pain, that means you do feel pain. If there is no physical cause to it, then there is still the question, why does your brain do that? So even if it would be in your head, it's not as simple as to let it stand there. If that would truly be the case, which I very much doubt that there is not at all a physical component if you actually do experience pain, because like also the brain itself is an organ, so you would, could even argue that even that is a physical issue. But anyway, that's my kitchen sink psychology part again, or my wild theories that might have no substance to it, so don't listen to these things too closely. But the part I want to say, and this is something a medical doctor told me, if you experience pain, it has to be taken serious. And especially if you're a child, then you have to explain to that child that what you're feeling is right. We just don't know right now why that is. And that would 
would help you to go down a completely different route because then you could go down pain management then you could actually learn on like how not to start resenting your body or like how to dissociate from your body which is what i did quite severely it was always me and my body i hated my body that was i'm in it was not me so it was a long journey to also reconcile and to be like okay body we are one i don't know why you do this to me i don't know why you're cruel which was still not the most helpful associations but at least i stopped i started having a conversation with my body and i started listening I still do that sometimes when I'm still having a day where I'm not feeling great. I'm angry at my body as if it's an outside thing from me, from myself. So probably some of these patterns don't even go away that easy, even if you've resolved whatever you have. But I guess what I want to say with this episode is whatever emotional turmoil you're experiencing, for whatever reason, that's fine. It's understandable. And even if you do things or say things you're not proud of after, that's fine too. Because you're in a really extremely difficult situation. Because even with a chronic illness, you still have your life. You need to manage it. You need to handle your finances. Unless you're on some form of benefits, and I'm sure that brings its own challenges. I wish there would be a quick recipe for this. I don't think there is. But the good news, there is definitely steps you can take. What these steps are in detail, only you will know. But if you're at the point where you can allow information to come, start looking for it. And if you're not there, if you right now just hate the world and hate your situation, hate the body, that's fine too. Try not to judge that. Just be like, okay, cool. Right now, this is what I'm in. And that itself is a tiny step because that's a tiny step of acceptance. And out of that can come the strength, the tiny bit of strength to go baby steps. I try to remember back what was the first thing that got me into that journey. And I think it was my my first my first love because we were together and i was like really heavily suicidal he just came out of another psychiatry visit and after half a year he said he can't go on like this because it's really hard for him to to deal with me and he said i don't want to leave you but please please get help and I wasn't ready for that, but I went into a books bookstore and I saw a self-help book that talked to me. Like I looked at it and I thought, like, that somehow does something, so I'm going to grab it and I bought it. And I started reading that and I started applying some of the tools I learned. And that was, I think, my very first puzzle piece towards actually getting out of the things I was stuck in. Probably the wrong motivation. I wanted to do it for him to be easier and less of a burden for him. I should have done it for me. But in the end, it doesn't matter because the outcome was the same. The outcome was it was good for me. And the next learning step that I shouldn't change for others came way further down the line, but that's fine. And I'm very, very grateful for him. I'm very grateful for this nudge to not just disappear, but to actually tell me, like, listen, get help, please do something. And he was very supportive. 
and we're still friends, which makes me very happy. Even though we're not that often in touch, but that, that's <laughs> way too much private life. I'm very grateful for him. We are still in touch. I still consider him a friend. And when we see each other, it's always very nice, even though that's not that often. So now, you know, bits of my private life I didn't mean to share. But on the other hand, I'm kind of pouring my heart out about my illness. And that is part of my private life as well. But I, one thing before I wrap up this episode, two things, because I said I end on a positive note. So after that, I'm going to say something positive. I managed to, I could tell you my entire life story and you would think I had a happy life without an illness because it almost felt like I dissociated so much from that illness set of things that I dissociated the positive from the negative. So it was either really, really, really dark and really, really horrible or really, really beautiful. And like with a lot of amazing things, I lived abroad, um, went to Spanish school there. I went to drama school. I studied screenwriting producing and I'm living with amazing people and I have amazing friends or I was severely ill. I had to move to another country because the um, environment, the climate was better for me. I went to drama school, got kicked out of it because because of my illness. Um, I managed to fight my way through screenwriting, producing with my extreme fatigue getting more, getting worse and worse and worse up to the point of almost getting me suicidal again before I found my last puzzle piece. To marry those two stories together is kind of impossible in my brain, which had to do with survival because I had to be part of the society and I found that if you're healthy and happy, you're easier part of society which also has a positive effect in a way because yeah I pretended a lot but out of that I'm pretending I'm good I'm fine at some point the actual change happened and I merged into that person I tried to be and once I got to being that person then I met the friends that fit to me that would not let me down even if things would go wrong again they would be there which is incredible so the agreement with myself, I always end up on something positive, even though <laughs> the topic itself was really, really fucking dark. Sorry, part of my swearing. <sighs> positive. I think the positive thing is no matter where you are and how dark it feels right now and how impossible it feels right now, know that there is a spark somewhere inside you because you're still here. And if you're still here, you haven't given up and that's a spark and from that spark a fire can ignite so what I would suggest look for the smallest tiniest thing that makes a positive impact I just saw from the glimpse of my eyes the trees moving and to just notice that makes me happy so even if it's something, not something in connection to your illness right now, maybe it can be something outside. Look around your room. What's nice in your room? Look in the mirror. What's nice about you? Wonder about your friends. What's nice about them? What's nice about today? And if it's just one tiny thing. And if it was just the attempt to look for something nice, even if you didn't find anything, which might be frustrating, but then stick to hey i tried i actually tried i actually tried to think of something nice because that is already a positive energy and if you want to dive deeper into mindfulness and if you already like some steps ahead brilliant celebrate it be proud of yourself be happy 
explain to people around you how amazing that is and don't just brush over it. Because if we don't actually embrace the successes we have, it's also very easy to forget them. If you three weeks ago were mainly in bed and now you're at least standing but you can't walk as far as you want, you easily forget that you were in bed. You were stuck at like, shit, I can't walk because I'm yeah, in pain or whatever. So embrace the successes. Everyone, no matter how little it is. Every, everyone. Every little success. Okay, I really rambled on enough. I hope there was something useful in this really rambly episode, which came very spontaneously. I didn't think about it much. It really came... It was born from this feeling of listening to these incredible people who do incredible work trying to help others, which makes me very, very happy. So find that spark for you. And if you had a if you already have it, just let it grow. Thank you.